Hi and welcome to Shaky Sports Journeys. It's been a while since I've uh, I've recorded last, um, actually probably around three or four months to be precise. So it's really, really nice um, to get some downtime at home, uh, get a break from my daughter uh, and come and record a podcast with some great people. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to introduce who I have with me today and then we'll get to know them a little bit more. So I have um, the pleasure of having the Sports Scotland um, Young Ambassadors Sports Panel with me. They are actually just finishing up very soon, but they have been doing a lot of great things over the last couple of years, and I want to get to know them and know more about it. So I'm going to go around the room, uh, get them to introduce themselves, tell tell me a bit more about themselves, what sports they're interested in, and how they got involved with the panel. So I'll start with Steph. Please introduce yourself, Steph. Thanks so much for having us on. I'm excited to to have some good chat. So yeah, I'm Stephanie. I'm on the Young People's Sport Panel and I've been involved in sport basically all my life. It's always been my passion. Um, When I was in secondary school, I was a sports leader and a young ambassador. And I think that just kind of kick-started the career that I wanted to have within sport. So since I left school, I went to college, did my HND in sports coaching and development. I then went to university at Stirling and got first class honours in sports studies. And I've just returned from Abu Dhabi, where I was working for Rangers Football Club for a year. Um, I was living there, running the academy, um, and that was just a great experience as well. I'm an avid traveller. I love to travel, experience new cultures. So it was fantastic for me. And I did a bit of travelling in Thailand when when I finished up as well. And I am moving to Canada in January for another new job in football, which I'm super excited about. Wow. That's quite an impressive background you have there. Um, I know when I met you recently at the conference that you were in football, and in particular with the mighty Glasgow Rangers, who you are, you're aware I'm a, I'm a fan of as yep. well. I um, don't know if the two of them, but Manny, you, Emmanuel, you look to shake your head there, but we'll get on to that <laughs> a more. But yeah, really cool to hear all about what you've done to date, um, Steph. And I know, yeah, Canada's on the horizon. That sounds very exciting as well. I'll move down. Mr. Emmanuel, could you please tell us a bit more about yourself? Um, yeah, my name's Emmanuel Gabrace. Um, I'm an S6 at Bellison Academy, so quite a different story to Steph, of course. But, um, yeah, involved in a lot of stuff in school. So the Sports and Health Council, MVP, um, and just other councils in the school that I like to get involved in and just make change around the school, especially in my last year. That's something I'm really passionate to do. Um, but regarding sport, I'm a footballer normally and I play for Giffnick Soccer Centre. Um, played for Harmony Row as well. It was Alex Ferguson's team, if you know them too. But um, yeah, the way I got into the panels, basically part of the Young Ambassadors when I was an S4 and at one of the conferences, the Glasgow conference where I'm from, um, there was they were handing out sort of leaflets for recruitment and um, yeah just ended up applying through there and got in uh, so quite it's been quite a great experience to be on the young people sports panel and the opportunities we get have been brilliant but um, yeah and uh, yeah in, in sixth year and hoping to study medicine after school so all right okay great great stuff I'm sure you'll still be staying very close to sport as well yeah. even through your med- medicine journey as well definitely good to hear good to hear George, fire away, mate. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Uh, yeah, so my name is George Gornell. Um, uh, I've sort of been similar to Steph, uh, sport all through throughout my life. I started off playing rugby when I was 
only about five five years old, uh, and having an older brother who played it as well uh, toughened me up quite quickly. Um, after rugby, I did things like athletics, tennis for a couple of years, and then um, spent most of high school playing football, where I made some of my best friends. Um, sport wasn't the best, probably, uh, on offer for us in, in high school. Uh, there were limited opportunities, so when this this uh, idea and opportunity with the panel came up, I was I was straight on it. It was something right up my street, having done other leadership things within school and just absolutely loving sport. Um, now, currently, I've just gone into second year at University of Glasgow, um, studying psychology and Spanish uh, with a long-term goal of becoming a sports psychologist. Uh, so after my undergraduate, I hope to do a master's and then maybe even more after that. Um, for the last few years, I've been doing uh, a lot of coaching, really got into that. Um, so I started off just to sort of as a multi-sport coach and then uh, went down the rugby route as well. So I think called Rugby Tots and then coaching at uh, the club I used to play for, Stirling County. Uh, and then now this year living in Glasgow, um, I'm down at uh, the Glasgow Uni women's rugby team coaching there um, and uh, a school as well. And finally got back into playing at, at Jordan Hill as well. So, uh, yeah, quite full on, uh, but absolutely love my sport. N- uh, no matter what it is, I'll, I'll be sticking it on, giving it a watch. So, um, yeah, that's just a bit about me. Lovely introduction, all. Um, really enjoyed that, getting to know you more as well. We only got to talk briefly at the conference, so really getting an understanding of, of more of what you've done. We had some fun in games. Um, we were meant to record this about a week ago and I had to cancel. Um, and then trying to get the three of you on a podcast at the same time was proving very, very difficult. And I can see why now, because you're ever so slightly busy, um, whether it's in your academic um, stuff or whether it's in your sporting background. And you know, I'm, I'm, there's so much going on, I can see why. So, you know, I'm very happy we managed to get you all here all at once. I'm going to come to you first, Emmanuel, and just ask you, for any young person out there that's listening to this, now I know the application process is just about closed for this year, but obviously there's other years as well, and, and hopefully other youngsters out there will hear this um, this podcast. How do you go about applying, and what's the recruitment process like? So um, Sports Scotland make it quite easy to apply, and it's very well publicised, especially to young people through um, social media uh, particularly, but for example, the way I found out as well through like conferences and just knowing people in the throne sport. And uh, yeah, so it's just like a, an application form will be, I think, as I remember, it was like four questions, about 200-ish words. And you, um, you answer those questions and it's just like, you know, sort of what you expect the questions to be, but what I would the biggest advice I've given to my friends who are applying for the panel this year is try and put your personality into the into your application form as much as possible. Try and bleed that your personality into your answers and into uh, if you get to the interviews into the interviews. So yeah, you have application process, and then if you're then you could be invited for an interview and a second round of interview uh, interviews. Then the panels um, is announced. But um, what I would say, especially if anyone who is watching this is thinking about applying to the panel, I would say try and put your personality into it. And because um, for me, for example, when I was applying, I was quite young. So I was not um, really that experienced in sport as much as other people who are applying to it, who maybe just because they were older, but would have had much more experience than me. So I think what really got me into the panel and sort of um, made me different to everyone else that was applying was my personality, because but it couldn't have been my experience because I hadn't actually had that much by that point. 
but they um they recognize sort of potential and stuff like that and that's how it, um i got into the panel so i would say that to anyone is try and just bleed your personality through your application and um because realistically a lot of people who are applying for the uh, the panel will have a lot of sports experience because that's the type of people who will be applying so to make yourself different is your personality and anything unique to you or any experience you've had that would help you in that position is what I would write about. Look, that's fantastic advice. Really, really good advice. And I would say, I would add on to that. I would say that's good life advice um, because whatever you're going to go in life, whatever you're going to do, you know, it's important to stand out from the crowd um, and have something different about you. And sometimes people hold their personality back. So I think that was great advice. Um, and, Clearly, you got a good personality, mate, because you were successful, and then, and then you went from there. So, well done, um, Steph. When you went into the Young Sports People's Panel, what did you know? What you were going into? Did you know what you were getting yourself in for? Did you did you go in with goals and aspirations of you, what, what what you wanted to do? Yeah. So it's funny um, when we all you know got together because initially we were all in, online because of COVID. Yeah. But um, when we were like doing our meetings and stuff, like, everyone's so passionate and everyone has ideas, like things they want to make a difference um, within sport in Scotland. And everyone's just raring to go at the start and just want to change the world, basically. Yep. Um, so obviously, I personally had mental health is a big thing for me. And that was the one area I wanted to have an impact on um, on the panel, whereas others would have had different topics that they were really passionate about so what we had to do was you know come together and choose three kind of subgroups that we have and kind of split the panel um, up into those groups so that we could work on those and really dedicate our time to it because two years seems like a long time on the panel but it goes by really really quickly yeah Yeah. Um, so we ended up going with um, disability and inclusion um, we went with school and education and we also went with uh, accessibility. That was the three topics that we decided to go with. And um, it's, as I said, it's two years. So we have laid the groundwork and built the foundations for these areas. And we are just hoping that the next panel can then build upon that um, and continue to make a difference in those areas as well as creating new projects and, and new programmes as well. So, yeah, I get what you're saying. You're saying that you all came in, you, all, you know, when your group, for instance, that you was your young panel, can just imagine it. Yeah, all these ideas coming from all different angles, all good ideas, but it was just kind of streamlining it to make sure that you actually could have an impact moving forward because there's nothing worse than trying to do too many different things and not really having an impact. And what kind of impact do you think you had? You don't have to go through all the areas, but for you personally, you mentioned mental health. What type of impact do you think you had on that? So just as I was um, getting onto the panel, I had just finished university and my dissertation topic was on the impact that Monroe Bagging has on mental health. So I love Monroe Bagging. I love hill walking. That's like my my sport. Um, So it kind of tied in nicely. So I've done a lot of uh, blogs for the panel, um, some articles, some videos as well. And I've also got... Um, my YouTube channel that I've tied in well with the panel that I share a lot just to talk about the the impact that being outdoors and physically active has um, on my mental health. But specifically the group that I'm in, um, the Disability and Inclusion Group, we're basically focusing on how we can make sports facilities more accessible um, to people with disabilities. So actually a couple of weeks ago, myself, Manny and a few of my other panel members 
visited some um, sports facilities in the east end of Glasgow to record some, like we filmed basically to show how accessible um, this sports facility was. And just to educate people, we're not wanting to, you know, preach to anybody. We're wanting to make people more, we want to educate people and make, you know, just the the sport industry more um, accessible for, for everyone to get involved. So, yeah, that's the kind of thing that we've been focusing on with our subgroup. Love that. Love that. Really, really good. That is, um, you know, it's something that I didn't know enough about when I was growing up, um, you know, sport and disability. I know a lot more about it now, um, but I think it's great that young people are raising awareness and, and educating on that. That brings me back to you, George. You've been quiet for a while. Um, sorry about that. I haven't forgotten you in the in, in the corner there. I guess my next next question to you is, what I really like about the panels and the young ambassadors is the fact that you're in a position at a young age to actually influence decisions that are made. So I guess my question to you is, what kind of decisions and changes do you think you've been part of in the panel and do the do the old guard really listen to you? Yeah, no, so it's a, it's a good question. Um, I think f- firstly we got we have the opportunity to uh, as a panel to to present and um, have dinner with a board of Sports Scotland back in February down in in Clyde. and that was a really good way of just sort of showing off the work we were doing. Um, basically, presenting ourselves as as Manny mentioned earlier, our personalities, so they could get to know us. Uh, and not just see, well, we got an email about this person's doing that on the panel. It's actually, no, put put names to the faces or faces to the names. I think that's the way around. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that was a really great way of just showing our work. And then we could ask them some, some quite challenging questions, especially over dinner um, about why things were, where they were, how they are. Um, and changes they would they would maybe see from our perspective and, and how we perceive sport. Um, but another example that um, on the schools uh, and education group, um, myself and another and a, another member, Maya, um, we were really well as a group. We were we sort of saw that PE is maybe not the best experience for for everyone across Scotland. Personally, that was something that I came into the panel saying I want to try and make a difference in PE because hearing other people's experiences were amazing compared to mine, and and loving sport, I felt a wee bit let down in a way. So um, we sort of got to work started speaking with with Elsa who was working closely with us trying to um ask the right questions to the right people um and we ended up meeting with uh, a lady called um I can't remember her name uh but she works like uh in education uh, so I spoke to her she'd been a lady in education we know where yes. with us she'll know who she is um uh, and then that ended up going on to having uh, the opportunity to present to about 50 PE teachers from Scotland um, and other people involved in, in education about our thoughts on it and as well gain feedback from them. And then from that meeting, we ended up having a, a meeting with uh, a woman called Linda who works at the SQA um, about all the changes we want to see to certificated PE. Um, and it was like an amazing discussion. It was probably nearly two hours where we where we presented everything. Um, and she took everything on board and they, they were in the process of, of making a change. But she was like, you've given us so many ideas, but also confirmed things that we were thinking as well. So um, to go from we don't know where to start with how to make a change to speaking to someone at the SQA and having everything taken on board. And although we're only on the panel for a short time, you know, these changes will take years. But knowing that in a few years time being like, well, we, we contributed to that change is, uh, is quite a powerful feeling. So. So, yeah, I think that's one of the. 
one of the areas that personally I've been able to have a, an influence uh, at a, a higher level while being on the panel. Well, you had a really good answer ready for that, considering I didn't tell you I was going to ask you that question. Yeah, it was a really good answer. Like, that's what I wanted to hear. Because you, you get, I've seen a lot of like young people's groups getting formed over the years and, you know, it's formed to, you know, they can make a difference. But then if they're not listened to and, and their ideas and thoughts are not taken on board, then it's a nice to have, but it's not really doing anything. So the fact that you've got to meet with the proper heads of these departments that can actually make a difference um, and they've taken it on board and you're going to see that change, as you say, over the course of the next couple of years, that's that's brilliant. And that's another reason why, you know, I would encourage any young person out there to try and get part of a panel like the, the Young Ambassador Sports Panel. It's a, it's a great opportunity. How much of an impact do you think, uh, Manny, sport has on young people in general? How important is it? Um, obviously, I would say it's a, a really big impact, but I think, especially for me, what I've realised now being sixth year is how important it is just as like a as like a pastime rather than it being like if you're going or you're really gunning for like an elite level but as a pastime I've seen it how um, beneficial it is for me especially I can only speak about my experiences of course but last year I was injured so I missed a lot of the football I've been playing I've been playing football since I was five and uh, with other sports athletics and rowing and stuff like that and that year I realized how much of an influence it had in my life and how much um, I was like de-stressing out of, um, from my like, uh, day-to-day life uh, playing sports. So I would say for young people, especially when you've got such stressful things going on, like exams or just like your own personal life, at such a young age to deal with that can be really uh, stressful, particularly. Um, but having something like sport um, is really quite special to have um, in your life and having it especially like sort of every week if it's with a club, um, it's something that I've seen has changed uh, my life quite um, a lot as well and being a sixth year now where I'm feeling a bit fitter and able to get back into sport I've really I can really um, I've really realized how much of an impact it had on me not having the sport last year um, and I tell my friends that a lot of like I try to sort of preach that how important it is for me now to be keeping in sport and how it's changed um, just the way I think about or the way I de-stress or the way I deal with uh, situations in my normal life and what I would say about sport, especially, um, is the skills you learn in sport, like never, they never are just limited to that sport or to sport in general. It always transfers to your, um, to your daily life and your personality. This the things you do in sport, and if you're really passionate about a sport and putting all your effort into that, like that sort of skill of commitment will show in other things. If you're passionate about something else, you know that you can sort of put that commitment towards something else as well. So what I tell my brothers as well is that like, don't oh, don't get too caught up in like what, how good you are. Just try and enjoy it and make sure you're sort of learning things from it and you're sort of making the most of your time doing that sport. Um, but yeah, the enjoyment is is one thing, but as you sort of, as you get older, you realize that obviously other things are important in your life, but at the same time, sport can facilitate that and learning new skills and meeting new people and just developing your developing your character as a whole, to be fair. I wish I had my head screwed on. How old are you, Manny? Uh, 16. 16. I wish I had my head screwed on like that when I was 16. You know, it's good, good, you. good to good to listen to. Um, all good, all good knowledge. And you're right. I mean, it can have so many impacts. I mean, Steph, you were talking about mental health. We all know the impact that sport can have on and keeping yourself fit can have on your mental well-being as well. But yeah, you can transfer it into your workplace, into your studies. It kind of just gives you that drive 
that you need. My next question is, I'm going to split this question into three parts. So I'm pretty passionate in particular um, about equality, diversity and inclusion. I know all three of you will be passionate about that as well. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you each, I'm going to give you one, one of them each, and I would like you to kind of just tell me the importance of it um, and how we can, you know, maybe what's something you've been involved in that um, through your time in the panel or whatever it may be, you know, doing your rugby, George, or playing, you know, doing your your, your, your football, Steph, whatever it may be, um, to just tell me how, you know, you've seen it done well or how it can be done better and work you've done in it. So I'll come to you first, Steph, and I will give you equality, the importance of equality. So as a female um, and a male-dominated do- industry, um, for me personally, it, it can be it can be challenging at times. Um, I think I've been grateful and lucky like for the opportunities that I've had within sport and within football specifically. Um, but at times I still feel like I have to prove myself just because I'm a female, um, especially in football. But it's so important, um, especially we've just heard, I think it might have been yesterday, that you know women's games are now going to be on Sky Sports and just stuff like that, given young young people, not just young females, but young people in general, seeing female playing on the same um, TV that the males are playing on, that can make that difference in, you know, a female actually participating in the sport just because they've seen someone that's like them playing the sport. Equality is so important. Um, I'm obviously speaking in a, from a female perspective, um, but it's something that I'm really passionate about and something that I feel that we just need to be educated on, um, whether it be gender, race, age, whatever it is. I think people just need to learn. And if you've got an open mind about, you know, what is equality, what is diversity, then that's where we can change it. But I feel, especially, I, I grew up in a, um, an area of high social and economic deprivation, like a, a rough area of the east end of Glasgow. And you find that people may have um, ideologies and stuff that they've been brought uh, brought up with. Yep. Um, and it's hard to break them, especially if it's continuing um, every generation. And it's just trying to find a way to, to change those perspectives, those perceptions that these people have and just educating people. Um, obviously, as I say, as a female, I'm trying to make that difference within the sport and, and be that role model for for young people, um, especially coming from the background that I do. You know, it's not been easy growing up and I didn't have all the opportunities when I was in primary school to play football or do athletics or anything like that. And it was just, I was just lucky enough when I went to secondary school that these opportunities opened up for me as a female. But I do feel like there is change coming um, and change is, is improving. It's, it's getting better. Um, but we're, we're still a long way from for making sure that everyone's equal and not just female and males, it's race as well, um, which I'm sure we'll, we'll get into as well. Yeah. Look, I think it's things are moving in the right direction. You're absolutely right. Um, but I still think it's crazy in 2022 that we're just starting to get women's football live regularly on Sky Sports. I mean, there's enough channels there um, to get more, you know, more, more sport on there. Yep. So why don't we get more a women's sport? I think, Credit to the lionesses as well. You need you need 
big profile victories like that, high profile yeah. things for people to take to stand up and think, or oh, I would actually. I mean, the men couldn't do it; they don't win very much. Um, but the the the, the women have, have done amazing, and it's great to see that that's hopefully going to come into the Scottish game because I know there's plenty of good players in Scotland as well. Um, yeah. So you know, but we need to be seeing them more on the big screen, and yeah. that will drive the next generation or that little girl or boy out there, in particular when it comes to yourself, that little girl out there who's in a, from a, an area that's maybe, yeah, but bit, bit yeah. rough around the edges and doesn't have the opportunities, but they can see that, that I could go and get that if I, if I, if I wanted it bad enough. Yeah. That, that needs to be seen. That needs to be seen more of. So yeah, really, really good answer. No pressure on you lads. Now you're probably thinking that which one I'm going to give you. So I'm going to come to you, George. So we're going to go, Diversity. You probably thought I was going to give you inclusion, so I'm just playing the game a wee bit here, lads. So you've got time to. No, play. No, no. I oh, predicted yeah. this one, so I'm happy. Yeah. So I think, um, like my personal experience, I was quite lucky probably growing up because I went to a high school, um, Central Scotland, um, but we were only high school across the whole country that takes in people from free catchment areas. Uh, so free local authorities. So my high school was such a diverse like mix of people, um, whether it was like uh, religion, race, uh, your, your social economic background. So from sort of 11, 12 years old, it was sort of just a normal thing you, that you, I was in a very diverse environment. And similarly, having always been involved in rugby, now rugby's probably got bad connotations of being middle upper class, um, sort of sport which I hate because there's so many amazing people that you can find across the whole whole spectrum of society and I feel like sometimes rugby closes itself up from that but rugby is one of the most uh, inclusive sports in that way as well where it doesn't matter what size you are where you're from if you can catch and pass a ball um, you're playing so um, I think those two ways I've, I've had quite an open mind in seeing how diversity is really normal and it's the best way to do things um and i think scotland's an interesting can i ask you a question yeah yeah, go on man go on man i don't normally like to come and i love to like you finish no no go on i want to ask you a question so you mentioned there so what you've experienced in rugby has been that and this is your experience and you're and you've noticed that at certain clubs that you can turn up you can catch the ball you can run you can do it you, you know you can get down that wing you're you've got strength whatever you're playing how much of that do you think goes up to national level though? Because I, I know from speaking to a lot of ethnic minorities, for instance, if I was to say to them, why don't you give rugby a shot? I know their initial response would be, oh, there's, we, we won't get anywhere. And, and you know, we're not really, there's nobody really playing. Um, football is another area that I'm a bit surprised. I mean, I go around all the five-a-side pitches and it probably comes back to what you're saying. You see plenty playing the game, plenty of my you know different backgrounds playing the game. But when you look at the the kind of pathways and look at the top level, how many do you, how many actually minorities, BAME community, whatever, do you see playing at those levels in rugby and in football? Um, I think it's I think you know when I watch from my experience, it's lacking a little bit. But I just want to see what your what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, no, I think it's a fair point. And, and being my age and having only a limited experience in sort of the amateur game um, and not having, I, I mean, I've not been involved in pathways and see how it all works. 
So, and I don't have statistics to say, look at the number playing here and there. Um, so I think it's a very fair point and it can be something that if um, the top level is lacking that diversity, as we're saying with the women's football, if it's not on show that you can be at this top level, you can make it, then people don't maybe have that person to connect to and go, I want to grow up and be like them because there's no one in that team that's like me. Yeah. Um, so I think, I mean, rugby still has a way to go. I think it does things well. I mean, there's a lot of players that, um, for example, like the England England rugby team, there's a lot of um, Pacific Islanders that come yeah, over no, and qualify. Yeah, England do have more, more. But um, it just happens to be that I think those people have come over to England and they've tried to play. But, but in Scotland, I haven't seen too many, you know, mm. people from like New Zealand or Pacific Islands come over and play. Yeah, um, I think it's maybe a deeper problem with with rugby as well. I mean, it's in a rugby's in a really rubbish spot at the moment. It's uh, it's sort of stuck between trying to grow the game, but stuck in old ways of doing things. And I think there's going to be a if there's not a huge change soon, it's just going to keep going downhill. Which is it's a bit of a scary time. But things like this, things like increasing the diversity of, of players especially at, at an elite level is the way that you continue to grow the game so um i think it's a fair point and it's a really good discussion to have and the best way of going about it but um yeah i mean more I, scotland's in a in an interesting place where i think you'd you could say the central belt's quite diverse compared to the rest of the country in a way um and it's sort of, I mean, majority of the population is in the central belt. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting discussion. And I just think the, the, the more diversity we can increase, especially working hard in Scotland, uh, can only do better for the game uh, and all, all sport as well. Yeah, we probably, if I'd prepared you for it in advance and told you I was going to put you under the spotlight there, we probably could record a full podcast on that. Let's be honest, you could go into yeah. so many... But it was just when I was listed to you. I'm just looking, because rugby, I've never really done it at grassroots, a little bit in school. So when I'm watching the TV and I put it on, I'm watching, you know, Scotland or a, or a Glasgow Warriors or I'm seeing teams like that play, and I don't see much um, in, in relation to diversity. So that's why I was just... Uh, probing you a little bit but you're right you know there's it sounds like there's a lot of good things still happening at grassroots it's maybe just what's happening between grassroots that's not working through the pathways and that we might see might see so keep flying the flag there George um, and keep you know pushing for a a future star or stars from you know some diverse backgrounds I would love to love to see that as well last one inclusion sir please fire away with your thoughts um, yeah, so as Steph said earlier, we're on the disability inclusion uh, subgroup of the panel. Um, so what we'd focused on for the past uh, two years is um, so disability inclusion and raising awareness of um, a sort of organisation called Ewan's Guide, which they describe themselves as a trip advisor for individuals with disabilities. So um, if you're an individual with a disability and you go and use a venue, you can review your experience and how accessible that venue um, was on the website. And that is helpful, of course, for other people who have the same or similar disability um, to see that review and see how accessible the um, uh, venue is, or even for carers who are taking their 
um, Chell, for example, to that venue, not only as a spectator if you're going to watch a match, but even as a participator if you're going to play your sport at a venue. So um, that's what we've been sort of, I'd say, mainly focusing on. So um, using that to try and get more individuals with disabilities into sport, into playing sport more, because the app for or that website, for example, is used um, quite regularly for sort of concerts and stuff like that but there's basically practically no sporting venues on it or leisure centers and stuff like that so that's what we've been focusing on and touching on leisure centers as well um looking at new builds and how we can sort of influence new builds into um being more inclusive from the get-go um being more accessible from the get-go rather than trying to reform old buildings which takes a lot of money and it's sort of a backwards thinking because you you should be trying to prevent it from even being not accessible in the first place um so that's what we've been focusing on uh, in the panel i would say but um me and my sort of personal life and what i'm doing um for example in school uh, i'd say for inclusion so the p department at uh, my school bellison academy are um, particularly progressive and so is a head teacher as well so uh, we've been working um, with him and the P department and seeing how because um, my school is in the south of Glasgow um, which is a very diverse area so you've got Kenning Park, Ibrooks, Pollock Shields, Moss Park um, so many different ethnicities and, and socio-economic backgrounds as well uh, so we've been working with the P department seeing uh, the effects of like um, religion on sport and how, for example, um, I think there was a club on a Friday that was very poorly attended, um, just because a lot of the um, kids that go there are of the Islam faith, and of course, Jumma is on Friday, so working around that and trying to make it as inclusive as possible and sort of to um, operate these clubs and stuff uh, in the school around the people inside the school, so I would say I said to the P department, this sort of trying to make it as inclusive as possible will probably never actually, you'll never reach the point where it is just, you can say it's inclusive, but even having these discussions and um, being just proactive and what you're trying to do is, is the be- is the only thing you really can do is actually trying. And uh, if you try your best and doing that, it will eventually pay off. And you might see someone who came from the area being an elite level sportsman or sportswoman, or even just a coach or just being involved in sport and having their career in sport and knowing that you sort of opened that sort of door for them um, is particularly, um, is a particular achievement as well for the school. Uh, so that's what I've been sort of working on and inclusion. But uh, I would just say if anyone's sort of looking for um, what to do in that sort of area, I would just say always keep asking people. There'll always be someone who's uh, sort of in that same frame of mind who is trying to do the same thing. Um, and there's always ways about uh, ways around um, getting more people into sport for whatever um, barrier that they face. I really like that. really like your really liked your input there on inclusion. One thing that really stood out for me there is you're never going to get it to be like perfect for everybody across the board. Yeah. What you just touched on there is really powerful is that even if you're like making it inclusive for a smaller group to attend at another time and so on, you're not cutting them out completely because of something else they're having to do at that time. So if you can't come at one o'clock on Friday... (laughs) then you can't come to this sports club at all. Yeah. Finding ways to make sure that, yeah, well, look, we know you can't come at 1pm on Friday, but we can accommodate you at 3pm on Friday. Um, So that's that's really great because, yeah, not everybody is going to be able to, 
to always come at a, a specific time, um, depending on what they have going on in their lives, background, religious beliefs, as you, as you mentioned there. So, yeah, really good. Listen, gold star for all three of you. I feel a bit bad. I gave George the toughest time. I came, I gave him, a, I, I just gave him a question in the middle. It was nothing personal, George. I just was something I was interested in, but you handled it, you handled it very well. So we're coming to the, the, the end of the podcast. Now, as the three of you know, in recent times, I've actually been doing some work as well and raising awareness um, when it comes to racism in sport. Um, and I just wanted that, and I'm not trying to put you into anything controversial here, so don't, you know, don't don't worry. But I just wanted to know from your from yourselves, you know, have do you think growing up in your life, if you look back through your life, and it it doesn't need to be anything that was like a racial slurred, but do you think you've seen at times in your life where you think racism might have played a part in something? And if you haven't, you don't have to say it. I'm just curious. And then, what do you think is the importance? of being anti, being openly anti-racist, um, I wanted to ask you as well. But the question is a rounded question. So whoever wants to go first, Steph, you've not spoken a while, go for yeah. it. Um, yeah, so, God, it's, it's such a good question because I, I still see it every day. Um, it can be, it can be like blatant or it's just because, maybe because I've educated myself a bit more, I see it in other ways um for example even just phrases that are used sorry my dog is like if you can hear her i'm sorry no, <laughs> just cutting about um just phrases and stuff that are said so casually um that now when when i was younger like you wouldn't even because it was such the norm that you wouldn't yeah. even think about it now i'm just like no like that's not okay and maybe you know, four or five years ago, I would I would know in my head that it was wrong and wouldn't say anything to someone. Mm-hmm. But now, being the person that I've grown and developed into, I will 100% say to someone, like, I won't, you know, shout at them. I'll just try and educate them. I'll just say, look, that's, that's actually racist, what you've just said. And, you know, they might come back in a hostile manner, but all I can say is, look, I just, I'm just trying to educate you. I'm just saying, like, you know, this is this could be really offensive to someone. This could really um, negatively impact someone's life just by the words that you're saying. Um, so I'm definitely more, you know, forward with if I see something um, in regards to if it's equality, um, inclusion, diversity, racism, anything, anything at all, I'm, I'm going to say something um, just because of the education that I've had and just learning um about what's what's okay what's not okay um even just talking about the inclusion stuff we did some disability inclusion training and just learning about phrases that you might think would be okay but it's actually it's not um and just teaching yourself like for example i now use people with disabilities as opposed to disabled person um, and that was something that our panel member laura taught us on the um on the training that we did so it's just making these small changes and if, and like I said if people could have an open mindset about these things then that could make a difference but I still see it every day and although things are getting better um I think sport particularly we are you know we're kind of being that drive for the change within racism and sport and all the other aspects equality and stuff and equality but you know it's like anything else we're not 
we're not there yet. We're not at a place where everyone feels comfortable enough to come and participate in sport due to these issues. George? Yeah, just a, a couple of points to like to sort of add on to Steph. I think what you said about a few years ago, you wouldn't feel comfortable, you might not call people out for it. I think I, I, I'm in the exact same boat as you. Like when in school and, and at points and people you're around, things would be said or stuff would be done. And you'd maybe go, that's not right. That doesn't seem right. But in no way would you have the confidence or the willingness to call that out. Whereas now, I think, especially with the, I mean, with the education and the more promotion that's been put out about it, that we need to be on top of this. We can't just say, don't do it. We need to say, let's stop people doing it, basically. And I feel like now I'd have the confidence if something was to come up that, you know, hang on I'm going to say that's wrong I'm going to say it to you because it's not right um, and then another point as well that you made about language I think it's a really interesting thing um, and it, it you know it's about all inclusion um, I, I've just started coaching uh, women's rugby for the first time ever and just the wee conscious changes I have to use in my language just like saying girls instead of guys it's tiny wee things like that which can make such a difference but it's being able to consciously have those language changes in how you speak. So, um, yeah, I think uh, just a couple of points that, that I've maybe experienced or, or felt on on that. So, yeah. Really good. Manny? Um, yeah, I would say um, I've experienced some racism playing football, especially. Um, but I would just say, like, there's, you know, obviously a lot of people you've heard a lot of stories about it, so I won't go into it even, but I would just say off the back of it is is like sort of the next steps is like what you should do after, if you've ever seen that or it's happened to you, I would just say like the best thing to do is to not react and just sort of like take a minute and think what is actually the best, what is the best outcome from this situation and how, how can you sort of not even not even learn from it, but how can you just get the best outcome sort of thing. Who can you speak to to get the best outcome and make sure that if that person who's either said a racist thing or, or maybe done a racist thing, um, what can you do to sort of help them um, and make them realise like the severity of what they've done or said? Um, so obviously what I was speaking about earlier with the, about the inclusion, the same thing with the P department when there's an incident of racism in the P department, I remember telling they were obviously just asking me like and asking a lot of people like what can we sort of do like to stop this happening again and I said basically it's just like a it's the same as what I said earlier just keep trying to contact different people like the police or different um sort of organizations that can come talk to pupils talk to teachers train teachers um and stuff like that and it's it's again being just as progressive as you can and, and basically trying as hard as you can to prevent it um from happening again uh because I think especially in sport when it gets really sort of um you know emotional and stuff like that um stuff like racist incidents or sexist or homophobic sort of um things can be said or done and um I think it can yet obviously get more rife in sport but I think sport itself can also bring people together a lot as well and make changes in society through sport and I think a lot of young people especially are quite heavily influenced in sport at such a young age as a lot of people's hobbies and stuff like that. So I think especially for role models, not not even elite athletes, but 
um, even grassroots level, or just being your family, being a role model, and like calling it out and um, making sure that sort of everyone around you is sort of educated about the topic, especially. Um, but I would say again, being proactive and being as progressive as you can is basically the the best thing you can do, and sort of the only thing you can do sometimes is just actually just try as hard as you can to 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 reach this goal. Um, or to sort of prevent uh, an incident like that happening again. I've got loads of loads of information, not all three of you, but I'll go quickly around because obviously it's a subject that I'm heavily involved in at the moment, um, and something you've all said has stuck out with me. But starting with you, Steph, you know you you talked about how you've been on a journey with it. You were really honest about the fact that you know I didn't know about this. I wasn't educated educated on it. Um, you know, grew up in an area where maybe you didn't have that. I know growing, I know back in the day, East End maybe wasn't, there's a, there's a lot more diversity probably in the kind of South Side, West End where people, so you probably didn't have many different, you know, backgrounds around you. Um, but as you've gone through life, you've stayed and then started getting some education, probably things are coming back to you. Um, and you're thinking, no, that's not cool. And, and then you've now got to a position where you're actually comfortable to tackle it if you see it in front of you. And I think that's that's something you know I, I love to see um, because I think when it comes to racism, we need white, white allies. I think white allies in this are extremely powerful, um, but white people are tend to, and I say white, sometimes I say it when I say white, I feel like I'm targeting white people. My mother is white and my wife is white, so I'm definitely, you know, it's nothing like that. But having white allies stand with you, the power of it, it's just, it's, it, it's people of colour are calling out racism and have probably called it out for many years. But when you get white allies join you, I think it makes people take notice more and think, I should maybe think about what they're actually saying and, and try and learn a bit more about this. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong in my views. So keep doing what you're doing on that front, Steph. We know whenever you see something or hear something, call it out in the right manner. And that's, that's the best thing you can do. And I'm sure you'll change. You know, you won't change all the mindsets, but you can change, you know, quite a few mindsets um, along the way. Similar to yourself, George, great to hear that you've been on the same four years ago. If I was to say to you, George, what would you do if you heard somebody being racist? You would probably have said to me, uh, probably just maybe kept quiet. I wouldn't really know what to say. Whereas you've again, you've been in a, you've been in a journey. Um, and then with yourself, um, Manny, talking about, you know, you've obviously experienced racism. Um, and I wasn't saying what you were saying when I was 16 when I got racism put in my direction. So again, very good to see that you're taking that level, sensible approach because, yeah, I'll be honest, when I was 14, 15 and I got called a name in the school playground, I maybe reacted in a different way. And what that's not going to have a good outcome. It's not going to have a good outcome. It's going to have a negative outcome. If anything, it probably made it worse. Whereas if I was prepared to at least sit down, let the person know how it made me feel, tried to educate them a little bit more on it. Maybe they would have been a bit more understanding rather than a, a bit of fisticuffs in the school playground. You know, it's not not the, not the way forward. Um, so a really impressive um, answers from all of you. I felt a bit bad there. I was like, maybe I'm putting them under a bit. I keep, I keep forgetting how highly skilled all three of you are um, and how much knowledge you've gained um, and all the experiences you've, you've had to date. I just want to say to you, it's been a, it's been a pleasure to talk to you all and kind of go through some, go through a bit more about what you've what you've been doing in your life, what how the young sports panel, young uh, sports Scotland, young ambassador sports panel, the impact that they're having, 
you know, encourage people to get involved. But we've also talked about some really important subjects. And I can see that on your journeys, you've learned so much about these subjects. And I just want to say that's, that's brilliant to see. Um, I wish you all nothing but the very best. I'm sure I, I'm going to look out for you. Um, I'm sure we can, we're all on so, linked on social media, et cetera now. So, you know, I'll keep an eye on what you're doing with yourselves. Um, and yeah, keep keep up the good work. And um, yeah, stay, stay involved. Steph's going to sound like she's going to be in sport for a, you know, for, for a long time yet. But all of you, I would encourage, stay linked to sports um, and good luck with all your studies and everything that you're going to be doing. Great and safe travels to you to Canada. It's a great country. I've been before. Sure, you'll have a blast. But yeah, unless you, if you want to say any final words, I just want to say thank you from me for coming on. No, just thank you so much for having us on. Like it's been great, and you know, it's sometimes it's rare we get caught up and don't have the opportunity to sit down and talk about these issues with like-minded people, and it's so important, especially on the platform that you have. So yeah, just thank you for having us on, and just keep doing what you're doing i'm a subscriber now i subscribe to the channel so i'll be i'll be watching <laughs> thank you very much i appreciate that i appreciate that george anything you want to finish with yeah just just to echo that a massive thank you for having us on it's uh these conversations are great and uh and as steph said i don't think we we give enough time for them so um thank you for this and i uh, i wish for the podcast all the best i'll be i'll be listening in for future episodes too as well uh if I'm not already, I definitely took I took a picture of it at the conference. So if I've not done it already, it'll, it'll be getting done. Don't worry. Put an eye on my phone in the next hour or so. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, thanks for coming on, mate. Really, really, really appreciate it. And uh, Emmanuel, I'll keep, I just got into the habit of calling you Manny because it's just, you know, and I'm a big fan of Manny Pacquiao, the boxer. So it just comes, it comes so easily through. But yes, Emmanuel, any final words, sir? Um, yeah, just to echo both uh, what Steph and George have said, but uh, thanks a lot for having us and especially for us on the panel. Although, although we've been on for two years, having discussions like this um, doesn't actually come around that often. Normally we're always like working or, or doing something that's like, you know, maybe together we're not actually sitting down and talking about these sort of issues. But um, yeah, it's been quite insightful to hear what, you know, what they've uh, got to say as well. Um, so thanks a lot for having us. Appreciate it. Are you subscribing to Manuel? Um, I don't think I am. Okay. I will Steph, right after thank you very much. You, I will be having you back on the show again in the near future. George and Emmanuel. I, I'm only playing. I'm only playing. I'm only playing. Look, I know how busy these are. waiting for the Anthony Joshua. I'm working on it. He's kind, he's kind of deep in some some stuff right now, trying to make yeah. this nice Fury fight. Yeah. But that's definitely one that I'm uh, I'll be I'll be I'll be I'll be working on. I'll be working on getting. But just remember me as you kind of go through sport. And if you get to meet any famous sports people and you become friends and you do anything with them, just remember your your old mate Shaky and please make some uh, some introductions as you go along. Love to always looking for always looking for guests. Thank you very much, team. Appreciate you coming on and enjoy the rest of your evenings. Thank you. Thanks a lot.